Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. San Francisco, are you ready? Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. This is the Bay Area Fan Perspective. Don't give me no banner weed. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. And our esteemed co-host. Old Man Davis. Bam! Well, gentlemen, week 13 is in the books, and it's another win. We haven't had too many of those, but boy, it does feel good to have another win on the books. And Raymond, what do we do when we have a win? We go over that game and bask in the warm bath of victory. The warm bath of victory. Take it away. All right. Niners versus Bears in Chicago. Niners have not had a lot of luck as of late in Soldier Field, but we'll see what came about today. If you watched the game, you know what the outcome is. If you didn't, pay close attention. San Francisco would begin the game with their usual sluggish offense. Chicago was stout early on, but on the other end of the field, the 49ers also showed their defensive prowess, holding Cutler and the Bears' multi-weaponed offense to just six points with a pair of field goals while adding six of their own. Second and ten, Chicago on their own 33-yard line. Cutler in the gun, sees blitz, calls an audible Bowman blitzes anyways from the left Cutler quick pass to the right and Jimmy Ward jumps in front for the pick he's to the 20 the 10 the 5 touchdown San Francisco the point after would get tipped on a rare penetration to stop Dawson's kick and we would be tied in the first quarter at six apiece moving on to the second the Bears would answer back with a drive of their own in the second, set up by a big catch from Alshon Jeffries, who otherwise had a quiet day, courtesy of Kenneth Acker and Tremaine Brock, followed by some hard running by Matt Forte to put up six more points on the board in their favor. The point after would be good, and Chicago would go up 13-6. However, Gabbard and company respond with a very West Coast-esque drive of their own, showing off Gabbard's great poise, decision-making, combined with Sean Jones' power running. First and goal, San Francisco on the one. Gabbard from center, Bolden in motion. Hands off to Drone, and Drone bulls his way in and scores. Touchdown 49ers. They would go into the half, 13-13. Boom. The third quarter would be a very quiet quarter as both teams would go scoreless. It was nothing but defense for the most part today. However, in the fourth quarter, things got really interesting. The Niners and Bears would hold each other to a stalemate until three minutes and 43 seconds left in the game. First and goal on the four. Bears hand off to Carey, led by a defensive lineman, and he fights his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Chicago. Bears take the late lead, 20-13. to 13. The point after would be good. 49ers get the ball back for a final drive and start the series with a sack for a loss. Things not looking good early on. Same series, third and six on their own 40. Gabbert takes it from the gun and tucks it in for a scramble, slides past the 50 and gets a crucial first down to keep the drive going. Second series, third and three on the Bears 44-yard line. Gabbert out of the shotgun. Pocket collapses and Gabbert runs up the middle, cuts up field, still on his feet to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown 49ers. Point after from Dawson is good despite being a very another close call that could have gotten tipped. Tie game 
and we would go into overtime citing a missed field goal from Robbie Gold, his second of the day. Both teams would stall on their first possessions in overtime. San Francisco would get a second opportunity in the quarter. First and 10, 49ers on their own 20-yard line. Gabbert snaps from center, all kinds of time, looking, throwing deep down the sideline to his left to a wide-open Torrey Smith who makes the reception. No one will catch him to the end zone. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. 49ers win Final score, 26-20. I'd like to add that I called this upset, and I called it by six points. Game balls to Gabbert, first and foremost, for playing a really solid game, despite not having all that crazy numbers. He actually statistically matched Jay Cutler throw for throw. Their attempts and completions are almost identical. The big glaring difference being that Gabbert got a touchdown and Cutler had a pick six instead. Acker and Brock did a really good job on Alshon Jeffries. He only had four touches for 84 yards, which is good for a player like Alshon Jeffrey. Bowman was huge. He led the team in tackles with 13. Hodges, I liked seeing, I liked a lot of what I saw to him, especially that big, huge stop when he got behind the line of scrimmage. I see a lot more speed and better coverage ability from him. I'd like to see more of him instead of Michael Wilhoit. No offense, but he's just kind of a better solid backup than he is a starting linebacker. I mean, he's second in the team with tackles, but, and I get that, but I think you'd see a lot more production and effectiveness out of Hodges. That's my opinion. Uh, so game balls to Bowman and Hodges, Acker. And Gabbert for me. Gentlemen, what say you? Well, first, I want to give the gold cast game ball to Raymond Solis the first. Raymond has an ability that we don't talk about very often on the gold cast. We have, we've mentioned this a couple times to the faithful, but Ray has the whispers, the whispers, the whispers, the whispers. Raymond can sometimes hear the whispers of the sports gods. And when they whisper in his ears, his ability to accurately predict what's going to happen occurs. Old Man Davis is in heaven, so he already hears the whispers all the time because he's right next to the sports god, hence the reason he's correct all the time. But us lowly, earthly humans, we have to listen for the whispers, 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 whispers. And Raymond, your whispers were very strong in Nostradamus fashion, so well done on accurately predicting the upset and the six-point swing in favor of the 49ers. Hoo-ah! Well, this was a game I really thought that we could win several weeks ago before Chicago started to surge because I saw how much Chicago was struggling, and I thought that that was something that the Niners were good enough to take advantage of. And in a game where really both defenses came out and played really well, I thought offensively on both sides they were pretty sluggish, but they made plays when it counted down the stretch. And in the end, Gabbert really pulled through. He kind of really took charge of the game, even though it was kind of wasn't the typical take charge of a game like a Rodgers or a Brady where they kind of do it through the air. Blaine can play. You know, I've been saying that you know since day one. In this case, he did it with his legs and a little bit with through the air as well too. But it was more with his legs. I think people don't believe. In his athleticism, which is kind of also Colin Kaepernick esque, if you would, um, you could say too. He can run too. But I just thought his decision making was good. I saw a lot of plays where the coverage wasn't good, and he would go through all his reads and then flush out of the pocket and then run to try to salvage some yardage or, in other cases, just kind of break even. And he never seemed overwhelmed in the pocket like Colin Kaepernick often looks. He looked like Colin Kaepernick when the pocket collapses. He's like a deer in the headlights, and he just bolts and he's just like running like a gazelle. And in this case. It, this was more like, hey, all my reads are checked. I've got to, I got to run because we still have to keep the drive alive. So let me go and at least get the first down, um, my single-handedly, and then also single-handedly um, set up that last scoring drive in the fourth quarter to set up overtime with two huge runs 
on both on third downs and get a touchdown any means possible and that was just insane and and then caps it off with a 71 yard deep bomb you know we always feel like you know no matter what the score is whether up or down that you know we're able to make the play with him back there to Torrey Smith who's had an uh, you know kind of a, a quieter season than we'd like to we'd like to see but you know, came up huge today. My test of patience is unreal. Yeah, old man Davis, what do you think about Blaine Gabbert? This is someone you have, you predicted that you were fighting to get off the bench and into the starting lineup. Here he is with probably his most impressive win of the season. What do you think? As uh, Davis Dostrom predicted, <laughs> he did go down with the victory earlier. This was a very horrible game the Bears should have and didn't win. And I seen that first quarter Well. The offense wasn't able to put up any yards or any first downs worth talking about. Sacker pick who? Fastest legs in the game? Who? Glane Babbert wins. Today with Blaine, I mean, obviously big play with his feet. Glane Babbert wins. And then obviously big throw at the end to win the game. Game ball, yes, goes to none other than Blaine Gabbert. And that highlight throw to Torrey Smith. You know, those are big plays. Those are big moments. In what was by far a game that could have went to the Bears had Robbie Gould put the pigskin between the posts for the win. Congratulations, Robbie. You gave what would have, should have been that Bears win. And you blew it! Congratulations to Jed York. You saved yourself from further humiliation by diehard fans winning over a Bears team coached by coaches that knew the upper management stakes of this game. And yes, Ray, you were right. There was a lot to be said on Gabbard's game. I really did appreciate his decision making. But most importantly, I thought in the second half, he acted as a momentum shifter, if anything. It's still to be unknown whether or not he can lead this team long term. His passing ability is there, yet his some of the decision making still takes a little more time to develop. And we'll have to see whether or not... That will carry on into the next season. I just tried to lead the team to the best of my ability. Yeah, you know, I think that Glane Babbert, he didn't play a great game. The, there is an upside, and I think that there is there is an opportunity for his ceiling of success to get higher. His athleticism was impressive. I, that 44-yard run, I, I was shocked. I was like, wow, I didn't realize he had that in him. And he, and he keeps... Uh... Keeps keeps stepping, stepping up, stepping up. It almost looked like there was a there was an inclination to slide, and then he saw that there was nobody guarding past the safety, and that he had a free shot, and then kind of at the last minute took it. <clears throat> it was impressive to see him kind of just take the offense and throw it on his back, even though he really didn't have that great of a game leading up to it. Up until a point, it was basically just both the defenses, Fangio's defense versus uh, Mangini's defense. You enjoy watching defenses. This was definitely a good game for that because they played really tough. And both offenses really struggled all day long to to break through. It was. And I think that this game was more you could almost argue that this was like Jeep Chris versus Vic Fangio in a lot of ways, because Fangio, he knows that our offense is kind of a stripped down version of Greg Roman's. But then on the flip side, Jeep Chris knows exactly what type of defense Vic Fangio likes to run. So there's there's room for exploitation on both sides, and in the end, Jeep Chris got one over on Fangio. You son of a bitch. All right, so moving on, a word from our sponsor. Sourdough Sam! I'm just checking in with you guys, letting you know what's going on. I'm heading out from back from Chicago, heading back to San Francisco. I'm just jogging here with Tory Smith. He did an excellent job earlier today. <laughs> we should be back in another 300 more hours. 
you know, Chicago to San Francisco is a long jog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, Tori and I were just replaying the catch, the famous catch, Glenn Gabbert. Ah, Sourdough Sam, the, the unofficial fifth member of the 49er Goldcast. And 49ers defense just whipped and dipped him, Chicago gummy bears. They sure did. Absolutely, they killed him. The Chicago Bears are so soft that they feel like gummy bears in my hand. Are you tired of your old traditional 49ers podcast? We are too. When we need a fresh new perspective on the 49ers, we turn to the 49ers Goldcast. They are the only voice that truly represents the Bay Area fan perspective. Hosted by Rudy Silis III, me, Raymond Silis I, and that silly old curmudgeon, Old Man Davis. The 49ers Goldcast is considered by most to be the greatest fan podcast in the history of fan podcasts. You can download the latest episode of the 49ers Goldcast on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. Simply type in the 49ers Goldcast and be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast. I have, uh, I have a, little, uh, a little mini segment I've invented called Rudy and Peyton. A coach's story. So I am closely watching Sean Payton because, as you know, I am pushing. And actually, there were some people on the Goldcast Facebook fan page that agreed with my uh, my choice of Sean Payton as the new head coach. Craig Smith, one of our very loyal and uh, faithful listeners, said he also, also, also wanted Sean Payton to come over, that that was the coach that was in his mind. So, Craig, you and I are on the same page, my friend. I love it. But uh, right now, the trades are reporting that the Saints are not interested in letting go of Sean Payton for free. They would consider trading him for draft picks, but they wouldn't trade him to a team he didn't want to go to. Uh, apparently, Miami, Miami, Miami has been heavily linked to a possible trade, but uh, obviously nothing can be official at this point. But that's the uh, the Rudy and Peyton corner. That's all I got for this week. Yeah, he would come at a big, 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 big price. Yeah, he would. And have. we'll see. We'll see, even see if things because here, here we have. You know, we have the Ian Rappaport report coming out, and the thing is, how much stake can we put in that comment even being remotely true, based on all the leaks and rumors that have come about the last two years? However, the team president is getting reassigned at the end of the year, and that might mean the end of the leaks. And rumors because he is supposedly the alleged source of said leaks and rumors. Yeah. That we've been privy to the last couple of years. Yeah. And so Parag Marathe, Paragi, Pierogi, Parag Doth Mall. Yeah. Parag Moth Mall. Parag, Parag Mall. Pierogi Mall, the Dark Lord Emperor. Pierogi Mall. Uh, we, I just know we need some better draft picks like we had in 11 and 10, you know, 13. Here's the problem with Moneyball and football is that the sample size of games is so much smaller. So the margin for error is so much greater. Whereas with like with ba- ba- baseball, you have 162 games played out over nine months. You get even just one season of that, just the amount of games there and for the duration, for the how long they go, it's much you have a, such a larger sample size to determine how a player plays. It's very hard to apply that to NFL, just given the nature of the game, any given Sunday. Piranha Marathon has been it's like a uh, a very political 
firing where they're, they're just, you know, moving him over to a different position that he's better suited at. But it really is. It's just firing him without firing him. It's firing him, but wanting to keep him in the company. Well, we will keep you in the company, but you can't do this position anymore because we, we need to find someone who's better at it. It's a lateral pass. It's a lateral pass. Exactly. So that that's it. You know, it's it's we're putting you on the bench so that you can take some time to breathe. A lot of times, what I saw uh, in the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson, he would lateral pass to Marshawn Lynch, and there were moments where you saw Marshawn Lynch run up the seam in for a touchdown, and that not only won many games, but it looked great in practice. I thought Russell Wilson did an excellent What the job. hell does that have to do with anything? You just completely went on this tangent that had nothing to do with anything. You I don't just, even know what show I'm on anymore. Yeah, you, like, that's the second time Old Man Davis has tried to slip in the Seattle Seacast in our beautiful 49ers gold cast. It's a good example of a Super Bowl championship team. Oh, my God. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, here we go. Playoff race. Playoff race. I can't do this anymore. So, we are knee-deep in playoff races, playoff debates. We cannot decide. We had a pretty good debate last week. Old Man Davis, you had me last week. I was I was so close to switching my choice. Last week, I chose the Green Bay Packers. You said the Minnesota Vikings were going to go. And this week, Green Bay wins in spectacular fashion, and then Minnesota gets stomped by the team we were talking about earlier, just a couple minutes ago. Raymond, let's start with you. Let's go over the teams you knocked out of the AFC, and then who you brought in, and then let's just go down the line from there. Okay, so on the AFC, I have the Dolphins out, the Jets out, the Ravens and Browns are out, and I'm going to go ahead and add the Jags as the new candidate to be out at a record of four and eight. They're just like us, but I don't see them winning too many games outside of what they've already got on their plate. And then I'm moving on to the NFC. I've already knocked out the Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins, which I'm starting to regret because the Redskins are now on top of the division default because that, that whole division is garbage. I also knocked out the Bears, which is starting to prove to be good despite their surge. They lost today, so that was a great upset. I'm going to go ahead and add the Saints into that category of out teams. Boom. As they lost today as well. Now who's in? Well, moving back up to the AFC. So originally I've got – so far I've got the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Steelers. I'm going to go ahead and add the Colts into that mix. They're 6-6, six and six, and I think they're the better team than the Texans, so I don't see the Texans overcoming them. They also have a better division record than the Houston Texans. They're actually undefeated against the division, so that gives them another edge in addition to having a better offense, even though Houston has a slightly better defense. On the NFC side, I've got the Giants, the Vikings, the Packers. I'm still confident as far as my NFC North picks goes because the Vikings and Packers, despite the Vikings losing today, are still 8-4 and four, along with the Packers. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and add the Panthers into the mix as an obvious choice now sitting at 12-0 and 0, atop the entire NFL as the best record in the league since uh, the Patriots have now dropped two straight. Nice. All right, old man Davis, let's go with your picks. We'll start with the AFC first. No different than how Ray had put it. Uh, I did select Indianapolis as well. 
probably will go down to the last game in them making it in. But I'm going to take my chances with that. So they're in. Uh, my AFC team that's out this week is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did play a very close game against the Titans, but it wasn't enough. And I think it still will not be enough in the upcoming weeks, uh, given their schedule. My teams in the AFC are the Cincinnati Bengals, the New England Patriots, and the Denver Broncos. The teams out are the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Browns, the Tennessee Titans, the San Diego Chargers. Over on the NFC side, I have decided to go with Pete Carroll and his Seattle Seahawks. I think they played a tough game against Minnesota. It really uh, adds a lot of favor into how they're playing their offense now these days, and I think that'll show a lot more in the upcoming weeks and uh, into the uh, playoffs. A very nice wild card pick. I like them a lot. My team that is going out this week in the NFC will be none other than the St. Louis Rams. I think there's a lot of problems going on with the St. Louis Rams, none as worse as the Cleveland Browns. The Rams just don't seem to be getting any better or any worse, as we've seen the last year or two. As we've seen every year with that team, they're just constantly mediocre. I don't understand how Jeff Fisher still has a job. What are your what are your total what are your total teams like what are the what are the total teams you have out already? I just want to compare them to mine. As far as the remainder of, of the teams that I've already uh, counseled and added for this playoff picture, in the NFC, the teams in the Carolina Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals, the Minnesota Vikings, and teams out will be the Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New Orleans Saints. Wow. All right. My playoff race, it's, it's pretty tight. This week was pretty hard. Cleveland Browns, let's start with obviously all the outs in the AFC. Cleveland Browns, you're out. San Diego Chargers, you're out. Oakland Raiders, you're out. And thank you, Chiefs, for solidifying that today. Alex Smith once again defends the Barry crown against Old Man Davis. You know, why don't you just continue making your picks already? They call it a blowout. Blowout Raiders! Sorry, Papa, we love you. You call the wrong games. You do. Tennessee Titans, you're out. And then my new team, representing the AFC East to not make the playoffs, the Miami Dolphins, you're out. NFC, Detroit Lions, out. New Orleans Saints, out. We need Sean Payton. Seattle Seahawks out. This is my bold prediction. This was going to be my Philadelphia Eagles of this year. And boy, is it not looking good. Dallas Cowboys out. And I, too, old man Davis, have chosen the St. Louis Rams, who are now scraping at the bottom of the barrel of the NFC West, where they rightfully belong. I can't wait till they come here to L.A. so that I can watch the 49ers play in Los Angeles once a year. St. Louis Rams, you're out. Now, in, in, honestly, outside of the, the, the three best teams in the a- AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Patriots, the Broncos, who we all have unanimously chosen as being in the playoffs, I had a really tough time. Here's the Week 13 playoff picture, okay? The players will begin today. Raymond, the team you chose, the Colts are in fourth place. Then you have the Kansas City Chiefs in, followed by the New York Jets. 
in the hunt, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills, and the Houston Texans, and the Raiders at the bottom, and Miami at the bottom, too. But those guys are down. Uh, Pittsburgh just destroyed the Indianapolis Colts tonight on Sunday evening. It was like 45 to, to I don't know, to Hasselbeck's arm. 45-10. And so I am very shaky on the Indianapolis Colts. They do lead their division. I'm going to go more towards this wild card picture. And I think those Pittsburgh Steelers look pretty damn hot. I'm putting in the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're in. NFC. We've This has been a, a pretty big debate amongst us. I chose, as I said earlier, Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers. I had chosen the Green Bay Packers. Old Man Davis had chosen the Minnesota Vikings. Let's take a look at that picture as of week 13. You've got Carolina Panthers, Arizona Cardinals, Green Bay Packers. It's the playoffs are going to happen today. You've got the Washington professional team in there. You've got the Minnesota Vikings and those mother effing seabirds. After that, in the hunt, you got the Bucks, the Falcons, the Eagles, the New York Giants, and Chicago Bears. I'm going to agree with last week's decision, Old Man Davis, and a decision that you have made as well, Ray. I'm going to agree that the Minnesota Vikings are going to be in. I still think they're going to make it in. Minnesota Vikings, you're in. All right, gentlemen, moving on to the final segment of the evening. It's all about that money. For the love of money. That crane. That green. That celery. That celery. That celery. That celery. That celery. Hyperback. Greenback. Redback. Coin. Dime. Nickel. Spinach. Spinach. Cream spinach. Green M&M's. Yellow M&M's. Skittles. Moolah. Marshawn Lynch. Marshmallows. Boom! <laughs> <All right. laughs> Let's go over the Vegas odds. Shocking. In fact, you know what? I, I don't even believe these. I'm going to refresh. I'm going to give Sportsbook one more chance. I'm going to give Vegas one more chance to fix this. Let's hope there's a swing in this odd. I'm going to refresh it. Uh, uh, Vegas, you son of a shit. All right, here we go. Raymond, before we get into the odds, tell the 49er faithful about where this game is taking place. Who are we facing week 14 coming down to the end of a very tumultuous season for the San Francisco 49ers? Break it down for the faithful. Niners stay on the road, only this time we're heading over to Cleveland to face the Browns. And guess who's going to be starting fresh off of his latest party lie, Money Man Football. They will be on Fox at 10 o'clock starting. Johnny Festival is starting, according to Bleacher Report. The game will be on Sunday, December 13th, 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can find it on Fox, on KPIX 5, and 107.7 The Bone per radio. Ooh. All right. So in a shocking, shocking Vegas choice, the 49ers are considered one-point underdogs. Underdogs. Still, even against the shitty-ass Browns? Crappy-ass Cleveland Browns. Led this week by Johnny Festival. The question is, gentlemen, do you take that bet? Oh, man, Davis, let's start with you. 
It should be no news to me. All the rest of the Bay Area fan perspective. That is the red and gold. That is the podcast gold cast. That is the faithful. You will not win another game. And Cleveland will win by up to one point. You take this bet. You collect all that green M&M. All that celery. All that coin. And boom! You're smiling. You take this bet. Doesn't matter who's starting. Mike Patine can start. And the Browns will still win against the 49ers. One thing I also know about the San Francisco 49ers in this game is, is that their 49er offense will not show up. Somehow, some way, the dog pound will score points. Whether it's Johnny Manziel or Austin Davis. Man, I completely disagree with you. Raymond, let's let's go to you. <laughs> In a nutshell. Raymond, fresh off of your Vegas earnings last week, they or this week, it was great. You put your money down, the little bells and whistles all went off in Vegas and all the gold coins showered down on you and we put you on our shoulders and we carried you all the way through the Vegas Strip with all of your money. Congratulations. So now, Raymond, let's see if you can strike gold again. 49ers are one-point underdogs against the crappy-ass Cleveland Browns. Do you take that bet? I do not take that bet. The Cleveland Browns are 2-10. and ten. This is the team that is last in the league in rushing yards, and that's been a sore spot for San Francisco. Which First means that in they the league have, in drinking. Yeah, they are. In drug they, use. You know, and despite the platoon of quarterbacks they've gone through this year, they're actually 13th in passing on offense, which is a surprise uh, for me. However, they still only have two wins to show for it. Defensively, they are last place in rushing yards allowed. They are 25th against the pass, they're 29th in yards allowed, and they are 31st, second to last in points allowed. So they're kind of right up there with our defense. However, the difference between our defense and their defense is very simple. If you look at the statistics of the 49ers defense at home, they're a top 10 defense. If you look at it on the road, more or less what we've seen kind of on the bad games week, I think it's going to be they're going to squash the run, they're going to force the pass, and then on the flip side, we're going to have a huge running game. Sean Jones is really going to open up play-action pass for Blaine Gabber, and he's going to have a really good throwing day. I'm, I expect at least two scores, and I'm going to pick the 49ers to win by 10 this time. Oh, Raymond, Raymond, are you hearing the whispers? I am, and now here's the thing to understand. The reason why I picked 10 is because I do expect them to score touchdowns, but at the same time, this is an offense that typically tends to struggle, to struggle regardless of whether playing at home or not. So in that regard, I will somewhat agree with old man Davis that this team's offense tends to kind of be sluggish no matter where they play. So I do expect Phil Dawson to kind of fill those gaps where we struggle. Mm. All right. Well, old man Davis, are you taking the over on one point or are you sticking right at one? I'm going to stick right at one. It's that Cleveland nice Browns. sweet spot. So, Old Man Davis says the Cleveland Browns will win by one. Raymond Solis the first says that the 49ers will win by ten. Mm. I like how Ray said it, except what I see is 49ers score ahead early, but the Browns at home come out of nowhere and storm the end zone with a touchdown or a field goal. 
and they win the game. I don't see it. I, I, I don't see it. I can't it. see it. Not this time. This is one of the games that I had on my schedule as a win because we know how I know how this is a team that's more dysfunctional than us. And in, and in cases in the cases where we've played bad teams this year, we have won all of those games. Well, and you know what? If you're listen, if we're talking about beer pong, I'm going to give it to the Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah. In fact, I'll go I'll go over the spread by 6. <laughs> Especially if Money Man Football is serving. Yeah, exactly. Like if we're talking fastest tab to $1000 at a bar, for sure. Cleveland Browns. If we're talking most DUIs in a 12-month period, I'm taking the Browns. 100%. But playing football uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I'm not even sure if Menzel knows what team he's on. Well, the thing to the thing to keep in mind is that the proposed Johnny Menzel starting against the 49ers is still labeled as a rumor, so it hasn't been official yet. However, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, you know the man who has apparently spent all his time uh, in and in and out of <laughs> NFL teams' locker rooms. I don't know how he does it. But yeah. he he thinks that uh, the door isn't closed on Johnny Manziel starting again. And with the team kind of sinking into the first pick in the draft once again, uh, it just might be one of those situations where it's like, ah, screw it. Just let him start. But I'm not sure if they're ready to throw him uh, against the 49ers. Oh, man, we're going to see. We're, we're going to see. Either way, I'm kind of bummed we're playing a team as crappy as the Cleveland Browns, but, you know, at least there's an opportunity for a win and a W is a W. And I always feel good when the 49ers win, regardless of who we're playing. All right, gentlemen. Raymond, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ersgoldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at 49ersgoldcast. You can also subscribe to us via YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher, which is incredible because... Should you subscribe, that means you will get an instant notification on the latest and greatest episodes as they become live, available to the public each and every week as the season unfolds. Like us, follow us, subscribe. All right. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis as well as Instagram at Ray Solis one Follow me. I'll follow you back. I'm in the holiday spirit. There you go. Old Man Davis, where can they find you? Cleveland, Ohio. I'll be bumping it up with Tony Manziel. He doesn't participate in any shenanigans after 12 a.m. I hope not. You better put him on house arrest. You won't be partying with Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel will be partying with you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rudy Solis Third. Both Instagram and Twitter. Follow me. I will follow you back. So, gentlemen, so concludes another edition of the 49ers Goldcast. We are the Bay Area Fan Perspective. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. And our esteemed co-host. Old Man Davis. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. Now that we found love, what are we gonna do? And I'm gonna miss everybody, and I'm gonna miss everybody. Tell me what you gonna do, there ain't no place to ride. Judgment come for you, judgment come for you.